John chapter 4. Thee. 
preaching, hearing, hearts arrested, attention gained. We are mortal, mortal creatures of flesh. And this will become to us, if not already, no more than just a gathering. Or as you said to Ezekiel about the children of Israel, they come to thee as my people. And they listen, they hear thee, but all ye are to them is a lovely song, or one that plays well on an instrument. They would have been as well off going to a theater, and yet they chose thy house. And to go hear such a great prophet that you called to speak to them. Lord, would you meet with us? And we keep asking you to do that, which is rarely, as far as I know, unseen and unknown today. That is opening up a heart to receive, to hear. And as we've been reminded of one in the past life prior to the workings of the Spirit, everything was all right. Life was lovely. It's probably that way with some here. They got tomorrow, they got beyond their years in school. Looking for a career, advancement, they got all that. And so many distractions. Lord, do not leave them as they are. And have been since they came into the world without thy dear Son and being brought nigh thee. Father, help us today to open the scriptures to us as you did those two walking away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. 
and you opened their hearts to receive. And they had but one, one thing to say after the conversation. You talking with them did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way. Be gracious to these people and talk with them. Oh dear God, talk with us this day to the glory of thy being and the exaltation of our dear Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. John 4, 4, and he must needs go through Samaria. I've read this or a couple of stanzas to you before, but it has such meaning to me. And such a sweet message in it, Horatius Bonar, Bonar, whatever how he pronounced it. He said, I was a wandering sheep. I did not love the foal. I did not love my shepherd's voice. I would not be controlled. I was a wayward child. I did not love my home. I did not love my father's voice. I loved afar to roam. But according to our passage this morning, listen, the shepherd sought his sheep. We sing one that is closely related to this about the shepherd tracking his wayward child, his wandering sheep. The shepherd sought his sheep, the father sought his child. They followed me o'er vale and hill, o'er deserts waste and wild. They found me nigh to death, famished and faint and lone. They bound me with the bands of love. They saved the wandering one. I was a wandering sheep. I would not be controlled. But now I love my shepherd's voice. I love, I love the fold. I was a wayward child. I once preferred to roam. But now I love my father's voice. I love, I love his home. So in John 4, 4, he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. And one thing about the Jews... From the beginning of their time up until this point, they were meticulous with events 
with their heritage, their posterity. We are Abraham's children. They can pick out, pick up the book, books, and trace their great great grandfather all the way back to Abraham by natural birth. They knew all about these landmarks. Therefore, wouldn't you love to visit this land and trod the path that our Lord Jesus did and sit down here near Jacob's well? Recall all the history. Joseph. Jacob. Isaac giving this to Joseph. And Joseph's lineage. But you can go there and it won't cost you anything. Won't cost you a plane fare. Won't cost you any money. You can travel there by the Spirit of God opening your hearts. Just for a little bit now to think about Christ here at Jacob's Well. You think, if you think the Jews were not accurate, Luke traces the lineage of our Lord all the way back to Adam, who was the Son of God. Matthew traces it all the way back to Abraham. They knew. The records were accurate. But now all that's gone. All that's done away with since the Lord Jesus got here. Now verse number 6, we'll continue. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Jesus wearied. Now, I won't get down to reading this part to you, but a little later in this, this account here, you'll see that the disciples had gone on into town, gone on to a near city, wherever they could buy some bread. And by their ability to go on not being weary in our Lord Jesus with no physical strength to go on, tells you that a life given for the good of others and a self-denying life is a draining life. Of all the sleepless nights that he spent, for see, he, as man, had to replenish not only physical, 
but spiritual strength. For he did not perform anything as God, but no trouble to do any miracle, but every miracle that he did, he did as the Son of Man. He'd labor in the day and at night he'd go out into the garden or upon the mountainside, there to be all alone with his Father. But now, he can't go any farther. He's wearied. He sat down, thus on the well, about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Her day began without any thought of what lay ahead. She never anticipated a life-changing experience of eternal value. She just went to draw water. Unconcerned about tomorrow. Tim said unconcerned and happy was he. She was unconcerned and miserable. Five failed marriages. She'd given up on that. Miserable. But all she's doing is just coming to draw water. And how many, how many, it may be one day you young folk look back when you're old, if you get to old age, and you see all the years that you've squandered going through life content, taking care of temporal affairs, not ever realizing that you don't know what tomorrow holds for you. None of you. And yet, there's a little concern about that. You all think that you will be here tomorrow that is in this world. And I wonder sometimes about you young ones if you won't be here tomorrow. That would be too weighty a burden that I hope God spares me Inspiring you. But you don't know. You just don't know. But she's there to draw water. Verse 7 And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Now the question she asked, and we'll pick up we'll pick up later. You all are familiar with it, most of you. The question she asked is, "How is it that thou, being a Jew, all he was was a man, 
had every physical feature of a Jew, just another Jew, went through life, nobody knowing who he was, apart from his father's revealing him to anyone. No man knows me. How is it that you, being a Jew, would ask water of me, being a Samaritan? You Jews don't have anything to do with us. Now verse number 11 after, con- after conversation continues with her, the woman saith unto him, Sir, no respect, no respect. In verse number 9, other than he just a Jew. Jews don't have dealings with us. They don't like us, and yet this one asked me, But in verse number 11, her opinion is rising of this man. Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. You can't get that water out of there, out of that well. You tell me you give me water to drink. Verse number 15, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come hither to draw. Now she's like a blind man, the blind man that Christ healed. He said, can you see? He said, yeah, I see trees. I see men as trees walking. They took him again and performed the second work there until the man saw clearly. And that's what he's doing with this woman. Degree by degree, he is giving her sight so that this Jew becomes something of an extraordinary or unordinary person. Verse number 19, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So it's gone from a Jew to respect, calling him sir. Beyond that, now to that of a prophet. And then she begins to bring up, bring up this of worship in verse 20 and 21. Now I was raised in my early years of pastoring on a diet of of that that the fundamentalist had left. And they taught that the woman changed the subject on him because she didn't want him dealing with her and her sinful condition anymore. That's just not so. The reason that I emphatically say that it is not so is because he continued the conversation. She won't know about worship. And I've often wanted to just come right here and for us to part four, five, six, ten times. 
dealing with the subject of worship, but I haven't gotten to it yet. But he continued in that. Woman, the hour's coming when not in this mountain nor at Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. And he goes on. Now verse number 28, and I dealt with this 10, 12, I don't know how many years back. Don't remember any of the content in it, so I won't, but I won't deal much with it now other than to state it once again. The woman then left her water pot. Wait a minute now, folks. She came out from her dwelling to get water, which is an essential part of life. And I don't know how far, but she didn't, she asked, can you give me this water, that living water you're talking about, and I won't have to come back down here to draw. You push up a little knob or turn it, and you got water flowing. Their old parents started out life. And the whale might not have been too close to their home. So your grandparents, some of you here. But it used to be a chore. It's not to you or to me now. But her encounter with an overcoming presence caused her to forget why she went down there and she left her water pots. The sad thing, and I'll just say you because as Tim said, I don't know your heart. No one here So I'll just say you, and I'm sure that it will hit some. The sad thing about you is that you spend your days, the entirety of them, by things here dictating how you live. Her encounter with a presence that she had never met before, known before, a presence far beyond that of a prophet. It so overcame her that she just left her water pot. She forgot why she was there. Would God do that for some of you? Bring you to a place right now where you forget everything. Everything. That once again in the church he might, he might make known his presence. So that you have dealings with him. And later in the day she might have to come back and get those water pots. If not today, she's going to have to come back and get them tomorrow because she's living with a man. That man requires 
But uh, let the woman do these trivial duties. So she's going to have to come back. But she's just lost in this woman. And overcome. And she had to get to somebody. And so she goes to the men of the city and she says, Come see a man that told me all things. Now for all that is recorded in the scripture of, of him telling her was her previous life and present life of adultery. Nothing else is mentioned. But he told her enough of that which was hidden in her heart. That she went out and said, I met a man, I met a man that, that had the ability to lay open my heart. And he told me all things that ever I did, whether in this life or not. You ever meet this man, you will in the next life. And everything... Every word spoken, every thought, every action will all be as clear to you in that day as it was in the day that you did it, except it be covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He told me everything about me. See, all you've got before you right now is just a mortal creature that's trying to get to catch your attention. But I don't know within. But now listen, the psalmist said, Psalm 44, he knoweth the secrets of our hearts. Your mom and dad may not know about it. God does. Romans 2, 16, in that day when he shall judge the secrets of men's hearts by that man, Jesus Christ. One day he's going to open the books and the book. They're not going to be literal books in heaven. But it'll be open to you of everything in life. So she left her water pots because of a presence she's never known before. And she went and told the men of the city. Now before she gets there, a supernatural work goes ahead of her and what she will tell them. Verse number 30 now. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. The old Puritans called it a prevenient work of grace. Something 
went ahead of the messenger's voice. Told you 148,262 times. If all you ever hear in this place is my voice, it will not profit you any. But prevenient grace preceded her message so that they came. Now listen, why? Why would the men of that place put out what they were doing and, and believe a woman of ill reputation? Or if they believed her, okay, you say you've met the Christ, that the Messiah is here, so what? Nothing to me. And they could have gone on with their daily affairs. But a work of God went before what she had to say them, and their hearts were touched so that when she said, Come see a man that opened up my heart to me, he is the Messiah, then they all went out of the city and came to him. Now, folks, when God sent the forerunner to the Lord Jesus, the angel told his natural father, said, He shall go before him. John shall go before the Lord Jesus, in Luke 1, in the spirit and in the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Whether he does your heart or not, in your heart or not, I do not, nor may not ever know. And you might be excluded. But before Jesus comes back, a work of grace will go ahead of some preacher's message. And a heart will be prepared to receive the Messiah. For great multitudes heard John. Only ones I read of in Scripture, the publicans, the harlots, and the soldiers, they're all saying, what must we do? But many heard him unmoved. And now to our text. Verse 42. And they said unto the woman, well, let me read verse 41. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, we have heard him ourselves. And know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. The woman's testimony might have been the instrument in the hands of the sovereign God 
For grace went ahead to prepare them to receive her testimony. But the fact is that her testimony will not save a one, not a one of them. All must personally hear. The testimony or the doctrines or the beliefs of another cannot, ever how beneficial they may have been, cannot save me. And I sat under a few good men. Let me just get off the subject a minute. Larry called Thursday, wanting to know about some men going on into eternity that... Their messages are, are now available in different places. He won't know about some of them. And I, I brought up a dear, dear old man, Dr. William J. Knoy. You'll find him. I don't know how many messages, but Larry found him on YouTube. Now, he spoke at a lot of Bible conferences, but if you can get some of the messages where he wasn't teaching, listen to him. Take a little time off and listen to him. Brother Barnard was one of his teachers, and he loved him dearly. And the first time he was with us in Alexander City, for a week's meeting, they called, and he had to be back up in North Carolina on Wednesday evening for a funeral. And I said, let's just end the meeting here. And you you don't worry about coming back. He said, no, I'll be back. And he flew up and he flew back. I guess he saw I needed help. And Joseph was, he is two or three, and he brought him back. I mean... This is, this is how gracious and kind he was to others. That may not sound like that in some of his preaching, but I'm telling you, he brought him back a little old car. There was time away in getting back on a plane. He was thinking of us. And he sent me, I don't know how many sheets of paper. With commentaries from Genesis to Revelation, just to get me off on the right foot. And those, I can heartily recommend every book that he gave me. But no matter how beneficial he was to me, and how kind, and how gracious, how sound... Biblically sound he was. That could not do any more for me than the woman's message to these men. I heard him 
But I heard God in him. And there were two or three others. We have heard him ourselves. He went from the woman's testimony. It must go from the preacher's voice to your soul where there is a personal, intimate relationship. I, you must see and hear the living Christ. A ministry is needful. God has ordained that faith cometh by hearing. God has given a gift to the church as ministers. Cornelius in Acts was wanting to find out I can meet God. He was a devout and just man. God sent an angel and said, call for an old preacher. You'll find him up there in that old, down by the seaside in that old tanner shack. Smelly, hides, rotting flesh. Why couldn't a God, why could not God have just spoken by the angel? Because if you hear God, you're going to hear him through a human instrument. Send and call Peter. Angels came and said, Unto you is born this night in the city of David a child, which is Christ the Lord. That word, no more than the angels visiting Cornelius, was sufficient. And those old shepherds said, let us go and see. You've got to get to him. Just you. Words of, of an angel or the words of a minister cannot profit unless you see and hear Christ. The thing in our day is that the Word of God can be handled with the right exposition. And it is in many places. Boy, send me a little thing this morning. Sad. Think about it. 36 mega churches in Alabama. Trump's got outreaches more than the thousands, tens of thousands upon their own members in that location. Some of them got spent off churches in every place, and they gather on Sunday morning. Thirty-six mega churches in Alabama, and a casino paid for the funeral of all those that were lost, killed last was it Sunday evening. 26 or 27, a casino. Churches don't care anymore. So the Word of God can be handled correctly with the right exposition. And never, you never hear in it. Let me ask you, and I'll, I'll close shortly, but I want you to read with me again, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. 
an ex a warning and an exposition by the great apostle. By the way, Acts, those were more noble in Thessalonica because when Paul got through preaching, they all went home and searched the scriptures to see if that which he told them was right. Some, most out there, I hope there are none here, most out there are so gullible that if a man, nowadays a woman, speaks, well, it's got to be so. But it's just like water off a duck's back. And we can preach in general. Every time. I got enough, I'm not, I'm not too sharp. Not the sharpest tack in the pack or the smartest cook in the jar, but I got enough sense to know that I can preach every time here and leave you undisturbed, satisfied, and complacent. I'm not going to do it. Just getting around this morning and getting down here, the great concern in my heart was facing God with having misled a single one of you. God help that I be faithful to your soul. I don't want you spending eternity in hell cursing me because I lied to you. I didn't demand of you what God demands. Second Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Examine yourselves. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in ye. Except ye be reprobate. The, the words of the woman could have fallen on deaf ears. You can read and you can hear just because you're religious and never meet or hear the Christ of Scripture. If I've ever met the author, I go looking for what he has to say to me. And I never go, never ever go to the scriptures to find out something to preach. Never. I may have in my younger years, probably sure I did. But I go to the scriptures to find and see if I can hear God saying something to me. Won't ask you to turn back, but when those men went out of the city, they pleaded with Christ. They said, and they tarried with them two days. Folk, I appreciate the testimony. 
and the privilege that I was granted in my early years to sit under some of the men of the last generation. They were a great help. But I had to get to an intimate, personal relationship with their Lord. And they moved my heart so that I left with a hunger. I wanted to know their God. I wanted to know their Lord. Their experience and their doctrine, and I loved to have them sit down at the table and talk about experiences. Their experiences and their doctrine, though right, could not be mine, nor could it redeem me. And books, books have been a tremendous help and lay a good foundation for me. Old Puritans, men of the 17, 1800s. So when I tell you I don't read books anymore, I don't want to take that away from you. Read good books. But no matter how good the book or the preacher might be, unless their writings or messages become mine, I don't benefit from it. Will God send the Spirit ahead of His messenger to work grace in your soul to get up from where you are and go out of the city to meet this Christ. And folks, you don't have to, it's not a physical journey you've got to make. It's a hard journey. And one thing I promise, not based upon my word, but based upon His, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. All you got to do is just seek Him. And when all your heart's involved, you shall find him, as I one day found him.